0: Welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is like a podcast on the website, cplusconning.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Still trying to gather my bearings. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Welcome back. This is a podcast. Uh, If you'll excuse me, if you're watching the video version, you'll know exactly what I'm doing. If you're not, I am adjusting the microphone. I sat down extremely late to check on the cameras, and now everything is going out of whack. It's the middle of the day here. Another middle of the day podcast where I'm just uh, recording things and, oh, we got a little text. (laughs) And I'm just recording things and uh, that's how it is right now. (laughs) All right. Uh, There's not a lot of stuff. Actually, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about. But listen, I have very little space on that camera. I've been keeping files because of a freelance thing I did. Is this, did I just turn the thing down? I did turn it down. I've been keeping some uh, files because of a freelance gig and now uh and now i i mean they're on my computer too so i think i should but they're also on the camera but now i have low space on my computer it's all very odd for me to have this thing speaking of freelance uh anybody is (laughs) in need of somebody doing something for them i'll do it (laughs) uh (laughs) let's get on to uh let's get on to the show uh, all right, so this week, last week, actually, Jason wouldn't return to the Cowboys. Uh, I just wanted to mention that because I'm a Cowboys fan. I don't like bending down to talk into this microphone. Uh, Jason wouldn't return to the Cowboys. I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan, huge Cowboys fan, and I'm excited to uh, see him return. He was not – uh, he was commenting for Monday Night Football, and it wasn't good. Tony Romo, fantastic at commentating because he – I mean, I'm not saying that Jason Witten doesn't do this, but Tony understands the game. Tony knows what's going on. He knows what's in the mind of a quarterback. He knows where the ball is going to be headed. Uh, and he had like a 90% hit rate uh, for, for when he was commentating. But when it comes to, when it came to Witten, when, when it comes to, and I can say this about a lot of uh, commentators in the NBA, uh, a lot of players who were commentators in the NBA and NFL, uh, and I have never seen an NFL, an NH, NHL, I've never seen an NHL game. So, uh, but NFL, NBA, and, uh, I don't know. I think the, I think the MLB guys are pretty good at commentating if, uh, given the games that I've watched at home. <laughs> um, but the, but the, but Whitten just did not perform to, uh, he didn't perform well. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of guys that are in the booth, uh, right now who are just, who usually, who just, who just say like, Oh, boom, that's a good hit. Or yeah, that's a good, you know, Oh, it's like the, um, I just talked about this a couple of weeks ago for, um, news time, the NBA, uh, they have these players only broadcasts where it's just the players, uh, expired players, (laughs) retired players who are commentating and uh, and the, and a lot of people don't like it they they don't want to hear like boom oh he's going to shoot that and just like making jokes and stuff uh rather they'd rather hear a couple of people talking about what's going on in the game uh how how the current players can overcome you know the their situations and all that stuff uh but Witten, he couldn't do that uh, and so now he's returning back to uh this is from ESPN written by Todd Archer uh buh, 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 buh. Oh Jesus I shouldn't have scrolled up I just had the thing in my Okay Witten is leaving ESPN's Monday Night Football It's the first paragraph I'm so stupid Witten is leaving ESPN's Monday Night Football And returning to the playing field Less than a year after announcing his retirement Sources told ESPN that the tight end Is getting a one year deal Worth 3.5 million That can max out at 5 billion, Including a roster bonus and incentives Uh So yeah There we go That's it That's all I want to talk about I love it so much uh, let's see. This other article says uh, Jason joins the um, unretired un- un- NFL All Stars list. This comes from Kevin Seifert, uh, also on ESPN.com. Randall Cunningham, Deion Sanders, uh, Ricky Williams, uh, Bronco Nagurski, Marshawn Lynch, of course, Steve Deberg. Uh, those are those are all the guys that uh, have also returned. They also did return, uh, and they're All Stars. So definitely check that out. There's another list I have from Sports Cheat Sheet. sheet. From Jimmy Kaler, 15 professional athletes who didn't know when to quit. and of course, you got Michael Phelps up there, Lance Armstrong, you know <laughs> Foreman, uh, Mayweather Jr., Roger Clemens, of course, like all these, all these uh, great guys you can just read about, but that's but one list focus on just football, the other one didn't. All right, so second half. <laughs> uh, so then the other story I want to talk about was uh, the, the anthem sorry, so a video game came out called Anthem, created by a team uh, called Bioware, which also did Mass Effect. Uh, They're they're a branch of EA, which is Electronic Arts. And uh, Do do people call it Electronic Arts anymore? I don't know what to do with my hands right now, so it's just going under my butt. Uh, Do people still call it Electronic Arts? I wonder if they do. There was a time, I think in 2013, when EA was voted the worst company uh, based on the Better Business Bureau, by based on people's ratings of it on the Better Business Bureau. And there were worse companies out there doing way worse things. And I always thought that is so stupid that a bunch of angry little men went to, <laughs> and I guarantee it was probably, you know, I mean, you know, gamers are also women too, but whatever. Uh, but I always thought it was so stupid that people decided to, Go to this website and say, I'm so mad at EA. And the only reason that people voted was because it was, uh, EA was, this was like the beginning of microtransactions, which are uh, little, you you can spend like uh, $1 to $5 on some in-game item and it either, it's either pay to win or uh, something cosmetic or something like that. Well, now they're all mostly cosmetic but i remember that was that was always so stupid to me that people were so mad of something like that and I, and i always thought like yeah there's genocide in the world and there are people who can't feed their children but you're going to vote <laughs> you're going to vote EA the worst company in the world it's it was it was maddening it was mind-boggling is what it was but now uh, ea is in more hot water they have this uh, a video game. It's a games of service game called Anthem. Games of service means it's a video game. You still get your regular story, but it's all online, and uh, you're incentivized to play with other online players and teams and groups and all that stuff. And then you're also, uh, and then the game essentially it never ends. It's like an MMO, but you're but there's nothing interesting <laughs> happening. I prefer an MMO to a, to a Games of Service game. The Games of Service hasn't even been around that long. It's like Destiny Anthem, and they're all shooters, which really sucks. Destiny Anthem, uh, Apex Legends, which is the newest one. Even Battle Royales do count as that, too, I, I would assume. Uh, Fortnite, all those other games, stuff like that. Uh, so Anthem players are saying the game is crashing their PS4s. Uh, this is reported on Monday via Kotaku, or it really happened over the weekend uh, via Kotaku and a bunch of other outlets. This is from Ethan Gatch, uh, and it's very it's true. Like a lot of people are are angry that this that such a game could be released in such a state. Uh, it's it really it's a AAA game that has been released. And it is causing PS4s, Xboxes, and PCs to basically not work. But mostly, I think it's mostly PS4s from what I'm seeing. Uh, so here's this is from this is from a user from the uh, for the Masters. Oh, so this is from subreddit. This is from Reddit. Okay. When encountering a crash or a game error, sometimes I get booted to the main menu or out of the game completely to the PS4 dashboard. But twice now when trying to matchmake my PS4 has completely turned off, which is which is insane. This is like a game in 2019 should not. I know the the worst things about games was that they were like like in the in the 90s <laughs> was that they were like hard, <laughs> Uh, like the Lion King game, which is the, I just read about something. I read an interview about the Lion King game this morning and why they made it hard. Disney, essentially, uh, that game is notoriously hard. The Lion King game, I think it was on NES or SNES or something like that. Uh, Whatever, I don't know. Uh, It's notoriously hard uh, because Disney was trying to curb people who rented games. They wanted to encourage people to buy it. So they said, hey, make it astronomically hard. And there you go. Uh, which is, you know, contrary to what we have today with a game like Dark Souls, which is hard just because it's a hard game. (laughs) I don't know how to describe it. Um, But of course, uh, Anthem, Anthem, we have this game that's crashing uh, consoles, crashing four or $500 consoles. uh, The strongest strongest gaming devices in the world are being brought down because this game is poorly coded, poorly done. uh, And it's really it's really bad I know Sony I read yesterday is returning is giving back refunds to to people whose uh, entire consoles have been crashed but the uh, but a lot but some of them and I don't know how many it is but some of them have had their ps4s uh, uh, brick because of it so I don't know what happens after that point uh, but when a console bricks it means it can't work anymore I know I had an Xbox 360. That was one of the first run Xbox 360s, and whatever, whenever it came out, like 2008 or something like that. And uh, when it came out, no, 2005. <laughs> 2005? Was I? No. How old was I? I don't know. Anyway, I was an I was an older gentleman, <laughs> older little boy. I was an older little boy. And they, the first run Xbox Xbox 360s had an issue, uh, in, inside the motherboard, I think, with the heat sinks. I don't know, whatever, uh, where it would cause it to red ring. And red ringing was like the the there was like a, a green ring on the front of the Xbox when you turned it on. But if it if, if there were three if there were three rings instead of four rings, then there was an issue. You know, it flashed three red rings in your face, and then the trick to get around that was to wrap it in towels and uh, and then let it heat up and let it get really hot, and then uh, you shut it off. Like it auto like like that glues all the heat sinks or whatever back together. And then you, uh, you can turn it on in like 10, 15 minutes, something like that. And I did that for so long and I just, I like, like it was, it was, it sucks so much because you know, Microsoft, it was, it didn't do anything about it. And then eventually I bought, uh, an Xbox 360, the black version, I had the white version. So I bought the black one and then the black one worked, uh, all the way until college. And then I got an Xbox one when it, like a year after it came out, so that's a story of my uh, gaming lifestyle, (laughs) Uh, so there we go, yeah, so Anthem is crashing all of these uh, consoles, they are, so EA issued a tweet last night, issued a tweet, Uh, let me get on here and issue a tweet, Mm, okay, here we go, the tweet's going out, okay, (laughs) that was the worst thing I've ever done, I'm so sorry, I can't even look you in the eye, uh Okay, so <laughs> just writing down Writing down the title of this episode uh, So EA tweeted out last night We are aware of, crash, of a crash and game issue Some of you have been reporting for Hashtag Anthem Game We're investigating and ask that you share your crash data reports When prompted If you have, we'll be reaching out to gather info If not, please reply to this thread on AHQanswers.ea.com which is which should be pretty embarrassing for them because this is a game that they touted last year at e3 it's supposed to be their big uh, their their next big it's supposed to be something that went alongside uh, destiny but it didn't and here we are at this issue uh, so there's uh, there's a couple of workarounds I don't know what's gonna go what's gonna happen but this really sucks this is a this is something that should not happen for video games. In general, especially for something, for strong consoles like that. Like imagine spending money on a video game and then you go to play it. And then, the, first of all, the game is not that good. Not when I would say good. But it's not that well received by critics and audiences alike. And then you're like, you say, you know what? I like it enough. I want to continue playing it. And it just hurts your console. <laughs> and it just ruins everything. I don't understand how. The last game that Barway put out was uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. And uh, that game had performance issues as well. Uh, the, and then the, the, other, the other three Mass Effect games also had their performance issues here and there. Like, you know, they're, they're open world games. They're huge games. And you, I mean, it sucks, but you kind of expect uh, issues. Except, you know, games like uh, uh, the Elder Scrolls games, you know, people, people accept the bugs in there because those games are like a fallout and an, uh skyrim like those games L- yeah L- Scrolls. <laughs> fallout and skyrim uh those games are huge they're gigantic and you know they're they offer hundreds of hours of gameplay versus mass effect which is you know uh, finitely 30 hours. I spent, I spent 32 hours doing everything, uh, or Anthem, which is, which only offers, you know, so much, even if you continually do rage or whatever they're called. I think I, but it just, it's so stupid, but you know, uh, but people, but, but you know, people let those bugs go for fallout and elder scrolls. Um, for Skyrim and Fallout, they let those bugs go because they're so big, but then you get a bug in Mass Effect where, in Mass Effect Andromeda in, in a particular, uh, a game I still haven't finished, uh, where the, the lip sync is bad, the animations are bad, uh, but I mean, it's still Mass Effect and the gameplay is still fine. Uh, I wish, I, I said this last week when I, well, uh, the week prior when I finished Mass Effect 3, uh, like all the DLC and all that stuff, I, I thought because because the 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 controls in there are are just so tank like and horrendous. I won't say horrendous. It's not that bad. But I really wish that if they if they remade the Mass Effect trilogy, because I will buy it with. I will spend all the money on it. Uh, then I wish they would port all the controls from Mass Effect Andromeda to the Mass Effect trilogy. I know it's impossible. I know that would like re- require recoding the entire game or whatever the heck it is those people do, but I think that'd be really interesting. Listen, uh, that's the end of this half. I want to get into the second half because we've got some real interesting stuff coming from Steven Spielberg. Uh, so let me just take a break and check on this camera, and then we'll be right back at the next start of this show. Okay, shut up, Chad. Here we go. Cool. All right, welcome back to the concert right. uh, I got up. if you're not, if you're watching the video there's the microphone is right in front of me on my stand. I got up and I and I and the microphone got caught in this flannel shirt of mine and I pulled it and it got all out of whack so I gotta do this again. <laughs> this is sad to this show nobody listens to. <laughs> also I, I love this flannel. this is one of my favorite flannel shirts. And I got jeans on. If you can't see, this is a jeans episode. <laughs> okay, can you hear that? There's somebody in the apartment behind me. No, the okay. Anyway, <laughs> now let's move on. Uh, so this is so the main thing I want to talk about. Uh, well, actually, there's, well, yeah, there's two things. The main thing I want to talk about was uh, Steven Spielberg. He had say he had some choice words to say about Netflix winning Oscars. Um, so, of course, Roma does really well at the Oscars, and uh, Netflix. That's that's a huge get for them. They have a big, a Best Picture nomination. They have a uh, uh, Best Director nomination and win. they have what the best, uh, original screenplay or best foreign screenplay and best original screenplay, something like that. Uh, let's see. And then they also have, they also won in 2017, best short film. And then they have Emmys. They won for best, uh, short documentary film, I believe. And they also won for best short documentary film in 2017, not best short film, but best short documentary film in both 2017 and 2019 for the period film. Um, uh, but uh, there's a there's a lot of people who aren't too happy about um, <laughs> about uh, what Netflix is doing, and one of the people happens to be probably the biggest director in the world of all time. Let's just say of all time, Steven Spielberg. He uh, has not has not been a fan of streaming movies. Uh, and he he thinks that you know a lot like a, like a lot of people who are film experts and people in the in the industry uh, he thinks that Netflix and well mostly Netflix or you know these streaming services are bringing uh, movies down and uh, like I, I like I've often joked that Netflix has television TV movies <laughs> essentially um, but Spielberg you know in the past is like I said talked about. Uh, he's, and he's even called them TV movies, uh, fit for Emmy consideration (laughs) rather than Oscars. (laughs) Ooh, boy. Okay. So this article comes from, uh, AV club. William Hughes wrote this. It's called Steven Spielberg is gunning to make sure Netflix never has another Oscar contender like Roma. But I think, all right, I'll, I'll say my, I'll say my thing, my break at the end of this. Uh, so let's see, let's see where he said. Uh, the studio complaints about Netflix break down into a few simple categories. The first is that they spent way more money on Oscars marketing this year than anybody else. Reported numbers range as high as $50 million, although even the more conservative $25 million would be five times what Universal spent for Green Book. And Green Book won? Ugh, that's gross. Netflix and Green Book. <laughs> Second, there's the whole they don't run their films in theaters unless we make them thing. Uh, this one is exacerbated by the fact that the studio doesn't license its movies to theaters to run, instead renting them outright and keeping all the ticket sales for themselves. Among other things, that means they don't have to report box office, box office returns, which, good luck ever getting a straight number out of Netflix, folks. Uh, okay. So what uh, what what basically is what what Spielberg and other people want to do is that they just want to. Make sure Netflix is being is doing the same things that the regular industry is doing. They have to put their movies in theaters. They there has to be like for the Cannes Film Festival, they said uh, France said no more, no more having streaming movies. They have to be in theaters for a certain amount of weeks, and then uh, we then they have to not be available on services like after that for a certain amount of time. Uh, Let's see. Ava DuVernay, whose projects with Netflix include 13th and her upcoming When They See Us, pushed back hard against the anti-streaming fervor, uh, asking the Academy to allow other filmmakers to speak, or at least be heard from, for the upcom- at the upcoming Governor's Board meeting. Uh, the board meeting is, uh, like I said, coming soon, and uh, actually, I don't know you said that, but it'll be coming up, and, uh, and people will be able to, people who are big filmmakers, like Ava, like Steven, will be able to voice their concerns, uh, which you know, and and Stephen, he could be, he's coming at, he could be coming at this the wrong way. Um, it's important to note that we are in a different era of of movies, movie going. Not a lot of people were going to buy tickets, but if Netflix is doing such a thing as you know renting out theaters instead of uh, and not reporting numbers and keeping the money for themselves instead of uh, giving. Are, are, are giving their movies to I don't know how this works giving their movies to the theater It's saying hey AMC run this hey Regal run this hey UTA United Artists excuse me run this UTA is the uh, managing agency but Netflix responded this is from uh, BBC they responded I think like the next day BBC News from the Newsbeat there's no author Netflix responds to Oscars and Steven Spielberg backlash they tweeted we love cinema that's one strike Here are some things we also love access for people who can't always afford or live in towns without theaters, letting everyone everywhere enjoy releases at the same time, giving filmmakers more ways to share art. These things are not mutually exclusive. There's 14,000 likes. Don't like that. That's that's weird. (laughs) So uh, yeah, Netflix has Netflix has their, their, uh, their points. Uh, Ava Duvernay also did tweet out this. Uh, 190 countries uh, will get when they see us, when their movie premieres. Uh, they have a promo for South Africa. She has a promo for South Africa. Uh, it's going to be distributed internationally. Uh, so that's cool. You know, Salma wasn't in, uh, distributed internationally, and that was a movie about the march on, uh, on Jesus <laughs> The march that uh, uh, Martin Luther King uh, uh, led. And then uh, Wrinkle in Time wasn't even sent out internationally. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, would, I would venture to say that's why it didn't perform well. You don't release a movie wide, and that's a Disney film. You don't release a movie wide, then, that, then that's what happens. But I do respect Ava's opinion. I do respect Steven's opinion. Uh, but like I said, different era, and you know, there's a, good movies can come out on good movies and film, all in quotes, can come out on these streaming services. Uh, Hulu, Hulu's had a few. Amazon, Amazon has uh, they have their own thing, and they're doing it right. And, uh, well, he didn't say it conspicuously. He didn't say anything about Amazon because, but Amazon is doing it right. Manchester by the sea. They acquired that. They release it in theaters. It's in the theaters for, you know, a month or for two months or something like that. And then it's, uh, it took until award season for them to release it. So still, even still, even still. So Amazon is doing it right. Uh, and you know, Netflix has, has some movies that were, that were watched, <laughs> I can't say which ones I liked. (laughs) I can tell you which ones I didn't like. (laughs) That's neither here nor there. But Steven, they all have points. Um, And finally, I want to get to Variety. This is a Variety article. This is talking about two Variety articles talking about uh, Disney and uh, their acquisitions as of late. Okay, so first, uh, Disney is uh, in active talks. This is from Todd Spangler uh, with AT and T to acquire Warner Media's ten percent of Hulu stake. Okay, so of course, AT and T bought Time Warner. Time Warner renamed itself to Warner Media, uh, and Disney it bought Fox. Fox is still Fox. <laughs> I mean, and it bought it bought Fox assets. Excuse me. So now, uh, years ago, in I don't know, like two thousand seven, six, uh, di- or eight. I don't know that's when I, I don't know uh disney started the disney it was abc fox uh and nbc and cbs they all started hulu hulu then lost cbs cbs is like that nah, we're done and then they the three of them kept their shares and then i think it was somebody else like one other entity had a small percentage and then after disney bought fox they have controlling share of hulu uh, I got breaking news about Mark Zuckerberg talking about Facebook's uh, reorientation of encryption and privacy. Who cares? Okay, so <laughs> I don't know why I read that out loud. Uh, so now Disney owns a majority share of Hulu uh, and 18, or Warner uh, still wants to keep the 10%. Or no, they're looking to have their 10%. I reported earlier, I think on Newstime or this stupid podcast. <laughs> I said that, uh, if there were two, so there's two things that could happen. Um, Comcast, I think, no, it was Comcast. Did I say Comcast. Comcast is NBC universal. So NBC universal <laughs> could sell off its shares, uh, and, and, uh, alleviate, uh, some of the hurt, the money debt that, uh, Disney is taking on from buying Fox or it could keep it, and uh, and not enter the streaming race with its NBC app which it's going to do regardless of what happens. But Disney wants that 10% from AT&T for the Warner Media. Like I said they currently hold 30% in Hulu as does NBC Universal, Comcast, uh, which have said they're not, they're still not going to exit. They're like, "Hey, we don't know. We're not sure." AT&T CFO John Stevens at the telco's analyst day last November cited its minority vestments and quote things like Sky Mexico or Hulu <laughs> as potential assets it could sell to gain working capital, which they need because they have they have taken on with these mergers. You're taking on a bunch of. Uh, of lost money, essentially. I, I don't want to say lost money. You lose money when you, when you take on a merger, which is why Disney and Fox, there's a whole thing. I mean, which is why a bunch of people are losing their jobs. You know, even if you're consolidating your people are losing their jobs, uh, which is, I will talk about in the next story, but it sucks that people are losing their jobs because, because, you know, okay. Anyway, <laughs> The question is what Disney is willing to pay for the 10% stake. Disney last summer pegged Hulu's fair value at $9.296 billion after the 21st Century Fox deal closes, including an implied and controlled premium of $1.246 billion. The nine hundred and thirty million dollar implied value of Warner Media's stake is at sixteen is a sixteen percent premium over Time Warner's original five hundred eighty three million dollar investment in Hulu in August twenty sixteen, plus its subsequent two hundred million dollar capital con- contributions to the streamer. Which means it's just uh, we're gonna give you some money to operating costs, essentially. I think I don't know. <laughs> AT&T is looking to sell its uh, Hulu minority stake as Warner Media gears up to launch its own subscription streaming service, which I think will be, I'm editorializing this right now. I think it's going to be very difficult to get off the ground. Like I said before, uh, streaming has reached an apex, uh, apex legends like the video game, (laughs) the game I played twice. It's free. I played it twice. Done. (laughs) Uh, but i think it's reaching apex and uh, now that we're now we're splintering people off uh, from the big three streamers and it's just it's not good anymore. The still unnamed SVOD service set to debut in the fourth quarter of 2019, uh, which, you know, Disney Plus is coming at some point in 2019 too, will include three service tiers, one focused on movies, one with movies plus original programming, and a third tier uh, comprising content from the first two along with Warner Media Library content and licensed programming. If Disney ends up controlling seventy percent of Hulu, that would give the media conglomerate even more incentive to invest in Hulu and expand it to international markets, which is a thing. So that's why Netflix has so many uh, has so many users is because it's available in so many countries. Even if they are have access to different amounts of videos, they still have access to Netflix proper, which is which is a huge thing. I think uh, there and there are shows that are on Hulu. That are, are only available on Hulu in the United States, but if you go out to the other parts of the world, the, those shows are available on Netflix. I think Brooklyn Nine Nine is available on Netflix in the other parts of the world, and you know, show, and you know, stuff like that. I don't know enough of examples, but just stuff like that. Uh, so there you go. It's very important to hit the, hit the international numbers because people are willing; they're willing to spend. You, you spend twelve dollars on Netflix, you spend twelve dollars on Hulu, you got all the TV you could ever watch. Uh, but, you know, if Hulu's not available in, in Canada, for instance, then there's no point in even even looking toward it. Under Disney's control, Hulu will stay focused on adult-oriented general entertainment fare, while the forthcoming Disney Plus subscription product will be a family-friendly wheelhouse. Uh, that's what Iger said to uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger, who's also taking a pay cut hit, I believe uh in the in the coming uh, thanks to the merger but uh, that but if they if if they're willing to report that then i what things aren't they willing to report you know maybe Iger has got some uh, latent stock in the company he'll get he'll be added as a producer to the movies i don't know who knows that's just me that's me can that's conjecture for having one controlling owner could help it accelerate growth and amid heavy competition in the streaming market. And I saw a list yesterday, which had uh, the top 10. It was on a Business Insider video or something. For Oh, no, no. It was CNBC. I was watching how Twitch uh, became a streaming juggernaut. Interesting video. Uh, and they listed the top 10 streamers, I think, Amazon was number six or Prime was number six. Netflix, number one, of course, it was like followed by a bunch of services like HTTP, <laughs> HTML. <laughs> uh, and then it was like Amazon was number six. Twitch was like not in number seven or something like that. And then number 10 was Hulu. Uh, even, though it's, even though it's not available as far and wide reaching as Netflix is, it's still ranking up there with Prime, with Netflix as one of the big three streamers hulu said it ended 2018 with more than 25 million total subscribers a net gain of 8 million for the year last year according to hulu it grew revenue more than 45 percent 2018 to nearly 1.5 billion a company record so there we go we'll see what happens when disney plus uh, comes out we'll see what happens when uh the fox deal closes speaking of the fox deal this is also for Variety, Brett Lang, Cynthia Littleton, and Joe Otterson, how Fox employees are bracing for life under Disney. So like I said before, there's people losing their jobs because of these mergers, and it is not good. <laughs> uh, you know, before, uh, I think last year when I heard of this, I thought, oh, cool, this is really interesting. Uh, and then I got worried, I didn't get worried, but I, I, I thought, then I started thinking, well, this is going to create a monopoly, uh, there's a Disney-Fox merger, uh, no one seems to care, so... <laughs> Uh, the government doesn't care uh, fans don't care because they just want to see Star-Lord kiss Wolverine or whatever they want to do uh, and, and so I don't think should I continue caring for something like this uh, which which is yeah I think I should continue caring but uh, so and then so you know eventually I went from okay this is a monopoly to, to I guess I guess it doesn't matter anymore and nothing matters <laughs> uh, to me kind of wanting this to, not kind of, to me wanting this to slow down because there have been reports that there's going to be a significant amount of job losses. I know that camera's off and I turn to it. There's going to be a significant amount of job losses uh, because of this merger, uh, which really, which is going to be a stinker for both Disney and for both for Fox, uh, both for Disney and both for Fox. Uh, Okay, so the the Murdochs are going to unveil Fox Corp, their slimmed-down media company that boasts Fox Broadcasting and Fox News, to the investment community, likely with details of how it will be capitalized, as well as some executive hires. Disney is expected to assume ownership of the rest of Fox within a day of that announcement. So that's going to be sometime in the spring, next couple of weeks. Uh, the marriage of Fox and Disney is in chartered territory in the media landscape. There are re- there's really been an acquisition of the size and union, blah, blah, blah. Uh, let's scroll on down. Let's talk about the jobs. Insiders at the studios say they are uncertain, uh, how smoothly Disney will be able to integrate Fox and how quickly it will make, uh, it, it, will make its presence felt as many as 4,000 jobs are expected to be cut in the process, but their expectation is, is that the first round of layoffs will hit more senior executives who carry higher salaries before things turn to those lower on the corporate ladder. Which is which is true. A lot of, or not a lot. <laughs> Let's back up, Chad. A few, a few Fox executives, or, or a few Disney executives, have also, have left the company. Uh, Channing Dungy, of course, she left the TV side. Uh, and, a, and a couple other people. And then for Fox, I can't name, uh, I think some, Man, at twenty first not twenty first century at a uh, Fox Broadcasting on for the uh, for the broadcast network, I believe no 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 I'm sorry there was a man and a woman who were who were both co presidents or something like that and then they were going to be brought over and then one of them left I don't remember because I stopped paying attention to this because this is just such a, 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 a abysmal travesty Ooh, I just cracked my thumb but there's going to be jobs that are going to be lost I know for uh, the AT and T and Warner Media. Uh, the uh, for HBO, the head of HBO just stepped down, and there's the new guy taking the place. Is uh, it's you know this guy's been this guy's been at HBO for I think like two decades now, and or something like that, and he's brought in the, a lot of the best TV TV shows ever. Uh, but this new person is just going. He says he's not going to try to ruin the legacy of that of that guy. But you know who knows what happens with that. <sighs> Okay, Disney is looking for 2 billion dollars in cost synergies. Fox's film business will likely be more impacted with the axe falling hardest on jobs in its marketing, sales and distribution arms. Cuz you can't have two marketing arms. You can't have you can't like if if Disney has good marketing and then Fox has, you know, decent marketing, Disney's going to say, "Okay, well we know these people. Let's just merge them and then just get rid of some of the others." It's not just layoffs that are worrying employees at this film studio. Producers are concerned that some of their movies will be relegated to Disney Plus, the company's new streaming service, instead of being released in theaters. Then there are fears that projects that are in various stages of development will be killed or deemed not Disney-friendly enough. Some filmmakers are relieved, however, after D- Disney CEO Iger said that the studio would make R-rated movies after it buys Fox. That's a rating Disney has avoided as it tries to preserve a family-friendly friendly, uh, outage. outage. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, if really, this is all so true. Uh, that is, that is one thing that you have to be careful about is that Disney's Disney has its own agenda. And while yes, you may be making a movie, they can say, Hey, we don't want to do this anymore. That's then that's probably, you know, what might happen with, uh, I know I talked about, um, what is that called? What movie? Uh, the new mutants, the X-Men spinoff. The New Mutants is supposed to come out sometime in the fall. Uh, it wasn't first; it was hard to get made. Second, they made it, and then it maybe is not so good. Third, <laughs> Fox is like, should we release this? And and so now it's up in the air if that movie's coming out in the fall or not. It's already made. Who knows what's going to happen. So it could come out on Hulu. They uh, Disney could just say we don't want, it. just scrap it, just throw it away. Uh, and, or it could be on. It could be a Disney Plus type thing, which actually no, it's a family friendly thing. So no, Doom New Mutants is a, I think an R rated horror film. A few film executives, such as 20th Century Fox Film Vice Chairman Emma Watts, Fox 2000 Chief Elizabeth Gabler, and Fox Searchlight Co-Head Steve Giulia and Nancy Utley, will be making the move to the combined company. But aside from this core group, few executives have been told if there will be there will be a place for them in the mix. Though many have had meetings, which they've seen as informal auditions with the team at Disney. That's like auditioning for um, SNL. That's that makes me that makes it feel like just like. You know, hey, you have you're a funny person. You're probably already working right now, but we'll see what happens after this. The meddling of Fox and Disney's TV production assets will surely be a complicated process. Fox's 20th Century Fox Television rivals uh, Warner Brothers as one of the industry's largest suppliers of scripted TV series. Fox's production infrastructure also includes Fox 21 Television Studios, Home of Showtime's Homeland and The Shy fx is okay so they just have a bunch of tv shows so they're worried about the tv shows coming in uh the production uh management will come under uh peter rice and dana walden the fox those who are talking about the fox alums who have been handed the keys to most of disney's tv kingdom so i, I thought one of them left but apparently uh, neither of them did so there we go this is good for me i i didn't seem too stupid uh john landgraft is expected to remain a separate and he's the fx head uh he's a really smart guy i like him a lot uh he's uh, expected to remain a separate entity in the combined company along with uh its fx prods arm landgraft's tight-knit executive team figures to stay mostly intact oh they're they're excited they're ready for this podcast to end me too buddy me too the Disney and Fox TV production divisions will be under extreme pressure to produce hit shows for ABC, the nascent Disney Plus streaming service, the cabler Freeform, and non-Disney outlets. That's crazy. They, so that's uh, four places. So but who's, so who's going to be doing stuff under Hulu, I wonder? I wonder if they're just going to reach out and just say, hey, this is – but, I mean, obviously they can't give all their shows to Hulu. Never mind. So that makes sense. Uh Phil Lord and Chris Miller. They you know those guys they did the LEGO movie, they did um ugh, it's uh the movie, the cartoon movie, the not movie, the cartoon TV show, Will Forte was Lincoln. Oh my god, I feel so stupid. Uh oh my god, this is embarrassing. This is the second time in two weeks that this has happened. And I used Clone High. I used to watch the show all the time. He was a Lincoln in that show. I don't think that was an MTV show, wasn't it? Uh, was that an MTV show? Yeah, it was an MTV show. Look at me knowing that. <laughs> uh, so Phil Lord and Chris Miller are among the more prominent names expected to end production deals at Fox once their current deals expire in June. Uh, This is my favorite part. According to sources, the celebrated duo is, quote, running out the clock at the studio. (laughs) Uh, They're talking to this is they're believed to be talking to Netflix and Amazon uh, and also some other studios. Sony is looking to sign some big names to remain competitive with studio rivals and streaming services. And they might be able they might want to land Lord Miller, who just did the Spider-Man Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse movie with them. Which uh, is also getting its own sequel and a spinoff with the Spider Girls. Steve uh, Levitan of Modern Family fame, whose deal at Fox TV runs out in August, is uh, he's saying he's waiting for the f- fate of Modern Family. Modern Family was said it was going to get one season left at ABC. So who knows? The Levitan has several options. Seth McFarland, uh, whose shows are on Fox. You know, Family Guy and the Orville. Uh, his deal is up in June as well, and uh, streamers and studios are courting him as uh, too. So who knows? But I think he can. I think he can jump ship. But oh, Oroville, the only reason Oroville and Family Guy are staying on Fox is because he they own it. They own it. If if Fox owns the show, then they said they wanted to keep it. Uh, at and t has purchased Time Warner Comcast is planning to buy uh, B Sky B and a raft digital players such as Apple and Netflix is challenging the more traditional studios that means that displaced Fox and Disney employees have to be more flexible when it comes to finding their next jobs okay blah blah blah. so there we go uh, it's it's important that we we keep uh, measured minds about these mergers uh, you know it's it's great the Avengers are gonna meet the X-Men and the Fantastic Four are gonna be a thing again and blah blah blah. But uh this is all gonna come there's gonna be some tumult <laughs> with with these with these moves. Uh people, you know, lose their jobs and yeah, people lose their jobs every day, blah, blah, blah. But there is it's 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 difficult for uh for these things to exist. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? The Disney Fox deal is an is an interesting one. It's uh, the biggest producer production company, the biggest studio in the world, uh, buying you know one of the biggest one of the other biggest studios in the world, and then it basically creating it being Disney as a subject of the sentence, being uh, creating basically what is amounting to a. Um, a conglomerate, not a conglomerate, a monopoly. And monopolies aren't that good, you know? You don't, want, you don't want to have one company. You don't want to have six companies uh, making all the movies you watch. Even if, you know, the, even if uh, Focus Features, even if you like Focus Features, which creates mostly indie movies, they are still a studio, it's still a studio that creates, is, is, is under the arm of uh, Fox. And Fox is a big, major company you know you can say i love watching daredevil on netflix but it's it's still coming from a, a conglomerate a media monster a media mogul and we got to we got to keep in mind that you know people lose their jobs over this stuff but it's great because and i'm I'll, i'm reminded by a tweet that i love so much and i don't check twitter so this is very important that i did this uh, I I, went, I even used the real twitter.com. I went there and I had to like this tweet. Uh, let's see. Let me go to my tweets. This is uh, R. Kelly denies the allegations in an interview with Gail. Ooh, Gail. <laughs> what are we doing? Okay. So this is a tweet from uh, the comedian Jack Allison. Uh, everyone's still so excited to see Wolverine meet the Avengers, given that it has created a behemoth entertainment conglomerate with business practices like this. And Oh crap. It linked to a tweet that tweet is unavailable right now. Okay. Uh, he, this is one tweet he did February 8th. Finally, Wolverine gets to meet star Lord. And it says, and the headline for the story is Disney Fox merger will result. in At least 4,000 jobs lost. <laughs> it's, it's so sad. Cause it's true. Like people are so excited that, you know, they're, their popcorn flicks are going to finally be as sweet as they wanted them to be. But people are going to get booted for this. Listen, if you like what you heard here, why don't you head on over to, to the website, cpluscomedy.com where there's, uh, interviews and stuff like this. The video version of this lives. You can also head to the website, youtube.com slash comedy to see a video version of this podcast as well as, because who wouldn't want to see my bright shining face? I'm smiling. Just listen. <laughs> You can also head on over to uh, YouTube.com/comedy to see the uh, the premiere show uh, for this stupid thing called News Time. News Time is an entertainment weekly entertainment news show that is like the Daily Show, except way less funny. We take one big story and we dive right in. This week was the uh, the birth of UPN, the uh, United Paramount Network. Uh, which was a uh, basically a black broadcast network on um, broadcast. <laughs> a great way to end uh, Black History Month. So there you go. You should definitely check it out. It's uh, I think the cold open is better than the episode, <laughs> which is not saying much. <laughs> okay, so definitely check it out. I very much appreciate it. I love you so much. Thank you for listening. Oh yeah, I can't say I love you anymore. I think you're the best. Thank you for listening. This episode is way too long. Goodbye.